So this homestand, the make-or-break homestand, it was two sub-500 opponents coming in, each carrying a six-game losing streak. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, last year, that would have been a 7-0 homestand, and someone would have had a three-home run game. But here in the afterworld of 2019, this homestand was 3-3 three and three with one TBA, the suspended game to be made up in a couple of weeks. Here we are in suspended animation, asking the way Seth Myers and Amy Poehler used to on Weekend Update. Really? Really? You had the Royals and Angels in town for a week, and you failed to produce a winning record? Really? We'll tell you about it here. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh before we even get into Anthony Bemboom, a name that sounds like I made it up right on the spot, allow me to share with you a little Red Sox serendipity. So I'm, I'm in the car with the missus Sunday afternoon, listening to the game, come to its sad, inevitable end as a 5-4 extra inning loss to an injured and lousy Angels team. In frustration, I flip over to what I thought was going to be 90s on 9 on Sirius XM, but in my frustration, I spun the dial a little too hard. I landed on 70s on 7, and the song that was playing was from the Climax Blues Band, Couldn't Get It Right. Of all things, a funk song, which is perfect for a team that's been in one all year. And yeah, Couldn't Get It Right is the perfect song, as opposed to Dirty Water right now. Restless feeling really got a hold. I started searching for a better way, but I kept on looking for a sign in the middle of the night, but I couldn't see the light. No, I couldn't see the light. The uh, the light is certainly not in the form of Andrew Kashner, who may be the worst acquisition since Hewlett Packard bought Palm Pilot and Blackberry at the start of this decade. The light certainly is not coming from the top of the order of late. The first real slumps in a while for Devers and Bogarts at just the wrong time. And at the end of what's now a very dark and funky tunnel, it is a seven-game deficit just to grab a spot as the road team in the one-game wild card playoff. That's the fact. Jack. This is Josh Lewin. I uh, don't mean to start with such a bummer. Let's start on a high note, actually. Let's wind it back to Friday, which was a 12-run win, which would be followed by allowing 12 runs and a loss the very next day, but the, the Friday dose of good news overflowed. J.D. Martinez was four for five, two home runs, two doubles, and four runs batted in. And that outburst, really the best night of the season for J.D., in a season where he has been one of the best hitters very consistently. 310 batting average through 119 games at that point. 27 home runs, 71 runs batted in. Better OPS than both Bogart's endeavors, and we sing their praises all the time. Five home runs hit overall Friday night by Boston, the two from J.D., one each from Mookie, Devers, and Moreland. Remember him? And the bullpen was very good in support of Brian Johnson, who was pressed into starting duty for the injured David Price, Lasted just two and two-thirds innings. Saturday, by the way, Porcello went five innings. Sunday, Cashner went an inning and two-thirds. So, yeah, you, you got nine innings from your starter this weekend. It just took three different actual starters and three different games to do it. Seriously, if you add up all their innings, that was nine innings. Three innings per start for a weekend is a recipe for pulverizing your bullpen into a fine soot. So, uh, there was good news at, at Fenway Friday, though. 16-4 to four the final. 
The Sox scoring multiple runs in five straight innings at one point. Saturday, well, I guess breaking eight-game losing streaks was kind of a Fenway special this week. The Sox had done that on their own behalf back on Monday. But then the Angels broke an eight-game streak of their own on Saturday. And I know not every game can be a work of art. But this thing you wouldn't hang in a hallway of a kindergarten. Uh, Porcello started and he got torched early. Three-run home run by Justin Upton. But uh, Porcello settled in. He actually retired 14 straight. Sox got it back to within 3-1 to one until the sixth inning began. And then Porcello wobbled. The second of back-to-back high changeups was spanked in a right by Cole Calhoun, who would go on to have a huge day on Sunday. And then with leadoff man on for Trout, still no home runs ever at Fenway for Trout. And you knew what was coming at some point. But a meatball from Porcello really made it happen. Number 39 for the season for Trout to lead the AL. 91 runs batted in to lead, lead the league at that point. Cannon shot up on top of the monster, and there you go. 20 games he had played at Fenway, never a home run until a, a two-seam nothing ball from Porcello. It had been at least four home runs at every other AL ballpark for Trout. But there you go, number one at Fenway, and he hit it a very long way. So think about Porcello's day. It was a line of five runs in five innings, which I know looks horrible. And somewhere in there, there was a run of 14 straight retired. Or in other words, it was poop, then a row of beautiful fresh-cut floral flowers, as far as the eye can see, and then more poop. And it's just a ridiculous year for a one-time Cy Young Award winner. He's got 10 wins. That's twice this year he's had a run of 14 straight retired. However, his ERA is now worse than the American League among qualifying pitchers at 5.67. Porcello speaking to the media a bit after the game. Uh, getting ahead of guys. First, you know, first at bat to Calhoun is fall behind, left fastball over the plate, punched the first single. Um, you know, and then the Otani at bat, actually, I was in a pretty good situation there. I just curveballs a little up, slicing the gap, and then Pitch the Upton's fastball up and away off the plate and pokes it out. Good swing. Um, other than that, though, I, you know, pitches were working. The action was fine. Um, sixth inning, throw three pitches, give up two runs, and it's tough. I got to be better. You know, the trot up bat obviously is, is one pitch, and you guys got 30, 38 home runs for a reason. Um, jumped me on the first pitch fastball. It was right down the middle, and. That was the end of the day. You know, in between there, we were getting quick outs. We were mixing pitches, uh, rolling along just fine. And, you know, it happened quick there in the sixth. Um, that's it. When it's three to one, you must be thinking your offense is going to do enough to get you right where you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. I mean, even even at five to one, we got a ton of confidence in our offense to come back. It's not a situation that you want to put our team in, obviously. But, uh, you know. The point is, I have the utmost confidence in our offense to come back from just about any deficit. Um, as far as it goes for me, yeah, we're in a controllable ball game at 3-1 to one going into the sixth inning, and um, I had back-to-back you know, slip-ups, and, and that ended up costing us and really spread the game out and put us in a tough spot. In this recent stretch of giving up home runs in, I think it's eight straight games now, what trends or similarities do you see, if any? Uh, pitches that are not well executed. That's the biggest thing. Just giving guys the opportunity to get the bell of the ball. Um, everybody's hitting homers now, and uh, you know you got to be precise and efficient with everything that you throw because it's damage when you're in the middle part of the plate. Rick, when you look back to the second uh, crowded bat versus the third, 
and, and the pitch you execute on the second and better. Is that what you're trying to do there also? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, whether he swings at it or not, I'm trying to drive that fastball in off the plate, create some space, make him aware of pitches in, and you know, maybe get to get some other stuff. And, uh, you know, I was honestly, the worst part about it is it was the best hitter and that was the worst pitch I threw the entire day. And that's, that's what happens. So here is Porcello squarely at a crossroads at 567 ERA. If, if you look it up here, if you go with 24 starts or more made in a season by Red Sox pitchers, there are only two worse ERAs ever. Ramon Martinez in 2000 was at 6.13, and he was at the end of the line. I mean, he came back, made five starts in 01, got worse, and went home for good. But then you got John Lackey, who was the worst. He had a 641 ERA in 2011, the beer and chicken year. And two years later, he was a World Series hero. His ERA was 3.8. And in fact, the year before that, it was 3.52. So what do we got here? We got a Porcello bounce back. And, and will it be for the Red Sox if he does? I mean, he'll likely be pitching elsewhere next season. He's in the last year of a contract that's paid him $21 million a season. Right now, he's allowed five earned runs or more in six of his last nine starts, 8.29 ERA during that stretch. Not getting ground balls anymore. I know that's by design. Back in his sinker ball days, this is a guy that would get you 30 grounding into double plays a year. That number this year is four. He's also four innings right now away from 2,000 for his career, and that is laudable. It's not Cy Young, who was uh, 7,356 innings. That will never be broken unless robots play someday, which actually I think might happen, but I don't want to go off on that tangent. 749 complete games is probably a, a safe number, too, since CC Sabathia is the leader right now among active players at 38 and has none in the last five years. But anyway, for Porcello, the five runs in five innings, disappointing. After that, it got unspeakably worse, and that was the most disappointing element of the Saturday game. Seventh inning was one of the uglier innings of the season. I mean, we're talking a Gary Busey mugshot ugly here. Darwin's and Hernandez, who's been very good, gave up a hit to open it up. He then hit the light-hitting catcher, Kevin Smith. So it was two out, nobody on. Bunt situation, Sandy Leona passed ball. You don't see that ever from Sandy, but now you don't need the bunt anymore. And from there, it just got completely, completely ridiculous. Seven runs coming in in the inning. There was a Sam Travis misplay in left field. I mean, just a total meltdown and Hernandez ends up giving up four runs in one inning Velasquez who then got sent back down after the game gave up three runs in an inning his ERA is now 5.81 Trout Otani and Upton had nine runs batted in between them in that game you go from a 16 to 4 win to a 12 to 4 loss so the, the pendulum swinging wildly all season for this Red Sox team 30 and 31 at home at that point, if you include the two games in London, and that's just not going to play. I mean, the Yankees at home, 43 and 18, Houston, 43 and 15, just to kind of put that in perspective. So on to Sunday, Andrew Kashner came in with a 7.53 ERA in his five starts for the Red Sox. He had allowed seven home runs, five of them at Fenway. Location, Alex Cora said, had been his main issue. Yeah, the problem is location is now Boston, Massachusetts, and now it's not Baltimore, Maryland. In Baltimore, he was 9-3. and three. In Boston, he's been the 2019 right-handed, bearded Eric Bedard. Kashner on Sunday was terrible, and that was part of the problem Sunday. But Sunday will forever be known as the Anthony Bemboom game. Who? What? 
Right, yeah, in a game where Pujols, Trout, and Otani did nothing. The Red Sox were undone by a 29-year-old journeyman just called up from AAA the night before, as nondescript as a script could allow for a hero. And let's, let's give the guy a ridiculous name, too, just so no one will ever believe this stuff. Let's go around the room. Fellas, what do you got? Tarwilius Crombean? Is that what I just heard? Mm, maybe. We'll put a pin in that. We'll workshop it, see what happens. Anybody else? Justin Big Nipples? Nah, a little too edgy. What else? Anybody? Sarcophagus Estabrook? Okay, that's not bad. Anyone else? You there in the back. Your hand is up. What, what do you got? Anthony Bemboom? Oh, that's perfect. Anthony Bemboom. We'll, we'll call this backup career minor league player that no one's ever heard of. Anthony Bemboom. And we'll let him be the guy that puts an arrow in the back of the Red Sox season at Fenway on a perfect Sunday afternoon to make the homestand officially a dud. Anthony Bemboom came into this game late. He threw out Mookie Betts by a mile trying to steal second base in an ugly eighth inning. Then in the 10th inning, Anthony Bemboom's sixth ever major league at bat in his first in a year, two out, 10th inning base hit to win it. Oh, and then he gets to catch the bottom of the 10th when Hansel Robles strikes out two batters and pops up Mookie to end it. This game was also the Red Sox debut of Chris Owings, another journeyman who sadly did not make a Bemboonian Difference for Boston. At one point, poor Chris Owings saw eight straight strikes in his first two at-bats, if you include foul balls. He ends up 0 for 5. The game-winning hit went whizzing by him in that disappointing 10th inning. Owings, uh, it's an interesting call here. I mean, he had a horrific time of it in the big leagues earlier this year with Kansas City. DFA'd with a batting average of 183. He had the 314th best OPS of the 314 qualifying Major League players at that point. But uh, he was scooped up by the Sox for middle infield depth, and he responded at Pawtucket, actually homered in six straight games down there at one point. But anyway, the Red Sox now 0-1 in the Chris Owings era. They're 3-11 in their last 14 games, starting a sad march towards what looks like oblivion, unless they can get things right in Cleveland. The Fightin' Franconas are next on the docket. And before we scout that series, here's just the 30-second recap of what else in that 5-4, 10-inning, 4-hour loss on Sunday. Kashner walked five, and he got five outs. Uh, He also allowed three hits. The bullpen sucked it up and was mostly great, except Matt Barnes allowing a game-tying home run to Cole Calhoun. Calhoun would eventually score the winning run off Ryan Weber on the Anthony Bemboom base hit, which wasted a two-run moonshot home run from Vasquez and two hit days from Devers and Benintendi. Wasted J.D. Martinez pushing his hit streak to 10 games. And that's all I got to say about that. Andrew Kashner, since you now have an ERA north of eight as a Red Sox, what do you have to say? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, didn't really command my fastball. Um, five walks was never good. And, uh, you know, didn't give us really a chance to win. But uh, amazing job by the bullpen today. I mean, uh, Josh Taylor did a really nice job picking us up. You've been throwing hard. Velocity is good. Are you healthy? Yeah. I mean, I never give any excuse for not being good. I just am not executing. Um, kind of cutting my fastball right now, but, uh, you know, I had a good good bullpen this past week and uh, didn't translate today. I think my stuff's really good. I'm just uh, not getting ahead and not making pitches when I need to. You feel like it's fixable or is it just something you've been fighting? <laughs> well, you, you don't think it's fixable? No, I'm just asking you. I think it's fixable. Well, what I just yeah, no, you're good. I just uh, I mean I've been doing this a long time. I think I, you know when you get ahead of guys, you get bad swings. When you don't, um, you know they're comfortable in the box. I just uh, don't need to be more aggressive down in the zone uh, earlier in the count. 
as well as you've been pitching, you know, throughout, like, you, you were excited about coming in here yeah. and being able to pitch in these kinds of games. How, how frustrating is this, you know, is this fun? Yeah, it's been a, it's just been frustrating since the Yankees game. Um, but, I mean, it's still, uh, you know, a lot of season left. Um, I think it might maybe have eight starts left. So, um, you know, just put this behind me and, uh, you know, just keep working forward, keep working with Dana and uh, get back on track and, you know, give us a chance to get where we want to go. Well, records going back to 1908. That was just the 16th Red Sox starter to last fewer than two innings, walk as many as five batters. The last to do it, the immortal Daniel Bard, the last start of his career. The start that... uh, Cashner just turned in. I mean, it's really the kind of start he was acquired to prevent. You know, we said at least this guy will give you seven innings, or at the very least six. But no, he got five outs on 51 pitches, allowed nine base runners, and taxing the bullpen, of course, headed off to what is now the biggest series of the year to date in Cleveland. In Major League history, we're told that was just the 133rd start ever, where the pitcher went an inning and two-thirds or less, allowed three or more runs and at least nine base runners. Those teams have gone on to win 16 of those 133 games. And the Sox really should have been a winner in the game Sunday. They were up 4-3. to three. They had chances to add on, but they never did. And it cost them in the end. So Cashner in his six Red Sox starts now a whip of close to two. ERA of 8.01. Alex Cora, after the Sunday nonsense. No command. Uh, he saw the walks. Um, you know, he could still play with Albert in the first inning. Uh, we thought, okay, he's going to get into rhythm, and that wasn't the case. So, you know, He went to the slider a lot today, but he wasn't there. Just wanted to, you know, he he didn't command the strikes to him, so we ran into trouble. You we'll, we'll address it tomorrow and see where we go. Obviously, we're not in a good spot. So we'll we'll sit down tomorrow and we'll see how we're gonna map it out. About where we going with the rotation or what we yes. doing pitching plans, you know. So we'll we'll sit down tomorrow and see where. where as a group, we'll talk we'll talk about the group. We talk about the off days and all that stuff. So um, we'll sit down tomorrow, the whole staff, and and see where it takes us. And on a day like today. Mookie having the day off, do you have any regrets about giving him the day? No, no. Did you, by the six, were there any thoughts about pitching Rollins? Where? Like by the six, I mean, the... No, no. After uh, Cashner came out, Taylor involved and came in and gave you... What did you see from both of them? I mean, JT probably had his best fastball today and the best, best combination of pitches, fastball slider, and... Uh, at that point, we had to patch it. You know, we we felt we were going to win the game. You know, the way he threw the ball gave us a chance. Christian with the big swing, and we kept going, kept going. Um, Calhoun puts a good swing in the eighth, and then after that, you know, we were limited. So, um, you know, they did an outstanding job throughout. Morrissey um, just went fastball that was down and in, and he put a good swing on it. But it, all around, you know, Nate and Waldy and uh, everybody threw the ball well. Even you know. Webby at the end, just a changeup. You know, he hits out in front and gets a base hit. So, but it was a tough one. I mean, we were in a tough situation, you know, the last three days as far as like relievers and length and all that stuff. So, Dan, right. um, was Devers on his own trying to take 
Uh, we 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 took we made some decisions today that we we don't usually make. I, I did I do feel that you know as a group we I don't want to say we pressure, but we kind of like did some stuff that we usually didn't do, and probably trying to make stuff happen, and um, you know just made us pay. So that was you? Huh? No, I said no, no, no. As a group, as a group, I think we did we did a few things that you know we don't usually do. So he did that. Also. As a group, we did stuff that you know. Uh, there, uh, the guys that were coming behind, Christian and Brock, it was a good spot right there. Mitch got on base, and you know we didn't make contact on a three-one count, so that's that's why I went with him there. We're actually talking about it right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were talking about it. Well, we, we've been we stretched him the other day, so we got to be careful with him. So. Uh, with him and with uh, Walden too, you know they've been pitching a lot the last uh, few days, so you got to be careful. And with Barnes, he had a long way out before this one. He hasn't pitched much this month. What have you been hoping he would get out of that rest? Um, I mean, he did a good job in the first inning. And he just threw a fastball down and in uh, to Calhoun and put a good fling. Um, you know, with, I think there were two counts there. He, he got up 0-2. Uh, one guy got a base hit and then Upton walk. But uh, besides that, his stuff was pretty good. No, I mean, it's, it's something we've been doing the whole season. We've been talking about it, uh, being inconsistent, and uh, that way it's tough to make it to the playoffs. Anything else? Kurt Owings, I mean, obviously he's had a crazy day, but how much do you guys feel like he might need help him to get back into what he was doing in AAA? I mean, it's one game, so I mean, it just. Just one game that happens at the big league level. Along the lines of some game consistencies, mentally you have a challenge that starts to feel like you can't go that hard? Um, I don't know. It's, 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 we've been talking about it the whole time, and we have talent and all that. It's just you have to put it on the field. And uh, like, like I said, today felt like we, we, we did a few things trying to make it happen. And uh, sometimes when you do that, it, it, it doesn't happen most of the time. You know, you got to let the game come to you. And um, you know, it's something that we've done an outstanding job regardless of the situations we're in. You know, we've been staying with the process and doing the things that we usually do. But today I actually felt that way. That we, we did a few things as a group that we don't, we don't do. All right, that is the manager. So disappointing. You get the, the five outs from Kashner and that's it. It's now 22 blown saves for Boston. After Sunday, seventh by Barnes, not a sustainable model. And it's a shame because the bullpen in the first eight innings it worked allowed just one run. But bim boom with the winner in the 10th. And now it's on to Cleveland. Erod, 13-5, and 4.17 Monday night. And uh, Zach Plesak, who had his major league debut, you might remember, against the Red Sox at Fenway back in June. He's 6-3 and three with a 3.13 going for Clee. It'll be Chris Sale on Tuesday. He's coming off a great one, of course. Mike Clevenger goes for the Tribe 7-2-3.02 before the Wednesday finale. And the return home to hopefully beat up on the Orioles. Right now, the Red Sox record is 62-58. and Last year through 120 games, 85-35. and So, yeah, they're 23 games off the pace. If they were 16 games off the pace... They'd be tied for a playoff spot right now. But instead, they're in this position where they'd, they'd better win three games in Cleveland starting Monday night. And at least there will be no Anthony Bemboom waiting for them at whatever they're calling Jacobs Field now. Progressive. Yes, progressive. 
I, I pine for the days where it was Jake in this field. The Jake. Remember the Jake? That's British slang for toilet. And that's probably a, a good place to end the podcast here. As the Sox lose two straight to the Angels, and they are now just four games over 500. This is Josh Lewin. Take her easy. Better times ahead. This is Sox Daily. Bye-bye.